and welcome to The Rugby Show on the 42.ie. My own name is Gavin Casey. We're coming to you live here from our newsroom in Dublin and I'm joined as always by the man himself, Murray Kinsella, who is down in Wellington. Murray, you enjoyed that? Yeah, pretty uh, pretty spectacular occasion. It's just started lashing rain again. Um, a horrible night in Wellington, but an absolutely historic night as well. Uh, incredible win for, for the Lions and We've got a series decider next weekend. It's the dream scenario. Absolutely. I suppose um, we need to begin with, with the win. It, it was fairly historic. I mean, that word can be banded around, you know, probably a bit too willy-nilly sometimes, but it is a rarity that the Lions even win a test at all in New Zealand. Um, it came today in circumstances where it might have been made slightly easier for them with the challenge by Sonny Bill Williams. But then I think there's almost a misconception with a red card like that sometimes in the sense that people sort of view it as like an act of God whereas in a team sport by definition if one member of a team messes up you're you're gonna be you know you're gonna fall victim to that as a, as a side and, and New Zealand were just punished for their own indiscipline in a game where the Lions discipline could have been called into question as well yeah absolutely I thought the, the Lions did everything they could really to, to lose that game and um, in the kind of second half, the discipline was, was shocking. Yeah, Sonny Bill Williams' red card was a big moment. An unbelievably deserved red card, a shoulder straight into the face and the head area. It's just incredibly dangerous. No complaints from the All Blacks, obviously, afterwards. Interesting enough, with the conditions the way they were, it was always going to be a really tight game. It wasn't going to be particularly expansive. So it was probably the best conditions you possibly could have had to, to lose a guy to a red card. And you saw that the All Blacks were able to, to hang in there and actually get ahead of the, the lines. For, for quite a period in the game. Um, the, the red card didn't have a huge effect in terms of that because of the conditions meant it was going to be a narrow game and, and they weren't going to be able to hit those wings frequently. Um, but in the end, look, in the end, for two for two Lions tries, that numerical advantage total, and particularly the first one where they went wide, wide, all the way to the right, all the way back to the left. And, you know, if there's an extra body on, on, their, on their feet for the All-Backs there, possibly they could have prevented that. So, yeah, it was a huge moment. You have to kind of... Everything has to reflect that as well as um, the fact that it was a brilliant Lions win and we shouldn't take too much gloss off because of that moment of, of uh, lack of discipline from Sonny Bill Yeah, I think the uh, New Zealand media are having a bit of a field day over this. It's probably unusual to see them kind of turn on one of their own, unless it's Warren Gatlin, of course. But uh, Mark Reason of Stuff, he writes that it was the tackle of a man who still hasn't got the violent stupidity of rugby league out of his system. Uh, and Mark Geenty of the same website down there in New Zealand. Uh, he had a little bit of fun with Sonny Bill Williams' initials. He said, B for blundering and maybe even brainless, W for, well, take your pick. So uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're not uh, enjoying the challenge too much. Uh, I suppose uh, he's probably in danger of becoming a bit of a scapegoat to the New Zealand public, at least, uh, with that red card. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very strong reaction. I, I don't think that's going to reflect generally how people are thinking about it. The All Blacks certainly aren't blaming Sonny Bill Williams for them losing the game. They're looking at the nine points uh, as well that, that Bowden Barrett missed off the tee. They're looking at some of those defensive errors, some of the, the weakness under the high ball, and the fact that their scrum started to go backwards. And there was a big decision in the game. You know, Sonny Bill Williams gets sent off. How do you how do you change your setup? Steve Hansen goes for um, removing Jerome Kano, who I've just spoken to, and he, he looked pretty um, pretty annoyed for the second test in a row to have to have come off so early and, and watch that unfold. Um, instead of a, a change out the back line or whatever, uh, Hansen sends on a centre, and that slightly weakened the All Blacks back. You saw the scrum certainly uh, turned into a, an important area for the Lions. I think that that reaction about Sonny Williams is, is strong. Look, it was a, it was a really reckless, dangerous challenge. Uh, he's, he's been red-carded on him. I'm pretty certain there's going to be some sort of ban as well, so he'll probably miss the third test 
I think they're preparing themselves for that. I think the Wolves did have a little gripe about uh, Mako Vunipola's uh, yellow card. You um, thought it was a rage yourself, you know, did you? I did at the time. Like I'll, I'll obviously have a good watch of the game back, and and you you get one replay probably live in the stadium. But I thought there was contact to the face with the shoulder there. Could be wrong. I'll, I'll have a good look at that. Um, but look, if it was, then it's the same offence, and I can understand why the All Blacks would have a little right there. Um, but look, discipline was a massive story in this game. It was always going to be decided by a penalty. Even that final one, I think the All Blacks are are a little um, they're, they're not they're not having gripes over it, but they're a little bit frustrated by it. You know, a guy jumps, and as you're getting set to tackle, it's it's a pretty tough situation. But it was just it was penalty, 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 um, and in the end, it had, it had a massive effect. Owen Farrell. Uh, held his nerve where Bowden Barrett had, had missed a kick in front of the post in that game as well. So, yeah, on a night like this, it was always going to be penalties kicking, and so it proved the case. Yeah, like it, the right card, and I don't want to harp on about it for too long, but we do have a question here from David O'Shaughnessy. He says, how important will the referee's ability to make a big call impact the final game? I was delighted to see a ref able to make that big call. It's actually probably a fair enough point from David O'Shaughnessy because in those circumstances, obviously it's a massive test you probably don't want to be making that kind of a call so early in the, in the second test of a Lions series. But by the same token, as you said, it is a definite red card. Now, regardless of, of the certainty with, with, like um, reg regarding the decision, uh, the TMO from Australia was sort of, he, he asked the dreaded question, would you like to see it again? Which can sometimes uh, maybe lead to a referee changing his mind. So it was a big call by Gar says. It, it took a, a little bit of bottle to make that call, I'd imagine, in Westpac Stadium. Yeah, yeah, he's a ballsy ref. He's made he's made big calls before of this nature, and and I, and I think you're absolutely right. Like George Ayub on the TMO, and also Yako Paper. I thought they were trying to give him an out, um, and maybe have, make him have that look and put a bit of doubt in his mind. I thought that was quite weak officiating from those two guys. And I thought Garcez was really strong. You know, the the image was unbelievably clear. There's a, there's a smash shoulder into the head. The concussion is such a massive um, concern point for rugby that we just cannot tolerate anything like that in the game. Uh, and fair play to Garces. He, he made the ballsy decision. He made the right decision. Um, and maybe in their refereeing review, he's going to ask those guys, why are you putting that little doubt in my mind when I'm, on, I'm in the middle on the stage on such a massive occasion? Um, and he made the right call. Fair play to, to Garces. Yeah, keep the comments flying in as well. There's another one from um, Andrew Martin here reminding us that it was the first All Blacks red card in a test game in, in 50 years, 1967. Celtic were European champions and uh, Frank Sinatra and Nancy Sinatra were, were singing something stupid. It is a long time since I think it was Colin Pine Tree Meads got his marching orders for, for sticking the boot into a Scotland player in Murrayfield. A tough guy, actually. He actually they put up a statue in his hometown for him while we're over here. Um, so he obviously achieved many great things on the pitch as well as that, but a, but a tough character. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable stat, really. It's quite incredible. Um, and you'd need to do a, an in-depth study to find out if there has been that kind of bias and, and the All Blacks have got the, the favour of the referee. When you're the best team in the world, I think you do tend to get that a little bit. Um, and we've seen that over the years. I'm sure people are going to talk about Richie McCall getting away with murder at the breakdown and, and so on. Um, quite an incredible stat, but there was no other decision really there for Garcez. That, that had to be read. Uh, and he was strong in the moment, really good. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Pine Tree Meads was later voted the New Zealand Player of the Century, uh, hence the statue. So Sonny Bill might have a way to go uh, to, to reconciling himself in that way. But with regards to the Lions' own uh, indiscipline, Murray, as you said yourself, they, they really kind of did their best at times to just throw it away. 89 down, 
your Vuna Pola was a was a wrecking ball in the wrong sense, uh, just conceding penalties for fun. Like I think they conceded thirteen in total, and the talk from the first test was having conceded eleven to New Zealand six that they needed to cop on a bit. Essentially, they really didn't. And I wonder, like, if you look at, we'll get to Gatlin's selections in a second, but as a captain, should Sam Warburton not be gathering uh, his players around him at, at some point and saying, "Lads, cool the Jets here." Yeah, he absolutely was. You could see him pulling them in um, after each decision and, and having words. Um, I think the, the Lions lacked composure after the red card. It, it's, a, it's a big moment for both sides. You know, the All Blacks go, oh my God, we have, uh, whatever, 55 minutes to play with 14 men. The Lions also kind of, you, you get nervous because it's such an opportunity. You saw uh, Jamie George miss the first line out, crooked throw. Johnny Sexton kicked the ball dead. You had guys going off their feet at rocks, just hastily trying to get that ball back. Um, and they lacked a bit of patience. And I mean, it's interesting how these games work out. When you're working at them, you're you're trying to work on the go. You know, your match report is coming together as the, as they happen. And at one stage, you're almost writing this as the lines missing a huge opportunity. They they lacked the ball. They lacked the mm. composure. And um, they did. They got it back in the end. If you go if you go and look at those tries um, and how they scored them, uh, really clever decision making close to the line. You saw that 10-12 axis of Sexton and Farrell for the first try with the loop. You saw Sexton slip a pass to Jamie George on the second try. Conor Murray make a really good decision with some, some slight blocking maybe at the front of the rook. Clever play. Um, and then in the 73rd, 74th minute, you saw an incredible defensive set from the Lions. Uh, against that same narrow attack that had broken them down repeatedly in the first test, they learned from it uh, and they brought hits. And we're going to talk about some of those individual selection decisions in that regard. But, but those were big moments of composure in a test where having conceded that many penalties, it would have been easy for them, for them to, to ju- just give up hope and see out another disappointing defeat. They, they found that bottle, um, and that was really encouraging, and it was just a massive moment for, for the Lions uh, as a concept totally in general as well, because you know, a 2 nil series uh, heading into the third third game would have been incredibly disappointing. Yeah, for sure. As you said, we'll talk about selection. Barry Cullinan in the comments, uh, Eamon Maguire as well, calling for Jack McGrath to start the third test. There's probably a fair chance that will happen there. Yeah, yeah, asked ask Warren Gallen about selection and how he's going to balance the, the winning momentum with getting fresh legs on the pitch because those guys are going to be absolutely battered again. But there, there's one, I would say, definite that's going to happen. Marco Bunapola, he just lost the head out there. Just incredible in, in, in discipline. Um, he, he wasn't his usual force around the pitch. Um, and Jack McGrath, been, he's been good. He's been effective off the bench every time he's come on on this tour. He's a really solid player. He's a really disciplined player. Uh, he's clever around the breakdown. He's a little bit underrated around the pitch as well. So, I mean, you're probably not going to look at huge changes after you've beaten the All Blacks um, over here for the first time in Yonks. But I think that's probably one that's going to be coming. Mako probably played himself out of the team. Yeah, and in terms of the changes that Gatlin made for today's test, I guess he was vindicated really in most of them, if not all of them. Uh, like the 10-12 axis, work a dream. Well, maybe work the dream is a little bit of an exaggeration, but certainly they picked their moments, as I think the Lions have done reasonably well across the two tests. Um, and then you had, obviously, Marwa Tolja, who had a fairly monumental game, barring a couple of silly penalties that he conceded himself. Yeah, I think I think it all worked out really well for Warren Gatland. Um, I think a lot of people were, were, were impressed by the decision to start Sex and Farrell. He was a little bit spiky afterwards. He said, you know, you guys, the media, you, you doubted that a little bit. I think we all understood that it was going to bring an extra creative edge, and you saw it in phase play. The two, the two tens are just such intelligent rugby players. They read each other so well. If one of them drops in into the second wave of attack, the other knows he's there, and there's always a good decision close to the gain line. Um, and I just thought it just paint, painted such a different picture for the All Blacks defence, pulling guys up out of the line. 
creating little edges. They didn't always take advantage of that, but as we've said, for the two tries, they crucially did. The the, the old sex and loop, it's still working. Uh, Johnny, a really nice one-off um, Farrell in the first instance, and then you're coming back from right to left, and Farrell throws an absolute beauty of a pass out to the left, so Faletau can finish. And then in the second instance, um, you know they're, they're linking up, and and even when Sexton doesn't pull that pass back to Farrell, the All Blacks are worried about that. You know, Jamie George goes through on the front door pass for that second try, the line break, just before Conor Murray scores. So it's just it's just asking very different questions of the All Blacks rather than Ben Teo, who's got a great offloading game, but you know he's he's more than likely going to carry into contact. I think he's still play a big role in the third test off the bench, but there's your 10-12 combo. Um, and I think the other big uh, contentious one was Alan Wynne-Jones starting in the second row. I, I, I called it as a mistake. I felt it was it was a, a pick on reputation over form, but as Warren Gallen said he would, Alan Wynne-Jones stepped up. You know, you're in the second minute, and he absolutely hammers, uh, I think it was Owen Franks, along with Vunapola, and he had a few massive moments of contact like that. Uh, a guy who was clearly hugely motivated, um, and, and knew he had to vindicate his coach and back up his coach after after him himself being backed to, to start again. So I think those uh, contentious maybe decisions did work out in Gallon's favour. And he was he was a little bit smug about it afterwards. He um, he invited more criticism from the New Zealand media. He said the stuff you've been saying about us has actually galvanised us and, and it's made us more motivated. So he's happy enough to to, to take a few more clown pictures. I think. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with uh, poor Sonny Bill and the New Zealand Herald, actually. But uh, I know um, Barry Cullinan uh, has asked here, Jonathan Davis, uh, he says Jonathan Davis has been outstanding, asks, has he been player of this series for the Lions? I, I'd, I'd, nearly, um, I'd nearly propose that Sean O'Brien is in that conversation now, kind of quietly enough across two tests, has been a standard performer. And like, I was delighted for O'Brien today in the sense that he played in that 16-0 drubbing in 2012, he played in that near miss in 2013 for Ireland against the All Blacks. He misses Chicago, but he finally gets that, that victory over the All Blacks today with another, uh, another stellar display. Yeah, I mean, you can see why, why the All Blacks respect him so much. He's one of the players whose name they actually know over here. They, they, they respect him greatly. Um, and you saw how much energy he brings around contact. He was getting good shoulders on lads. He was making big carries. Uh, I think there was one breakdown penalty he would have been disappointed with, and he maybe didn't get that grip on the breakdown that you really wanted there, but he's just such a, a big impact player. You know, there's there's always those shifts of momentum, and he's invariably the guy providing them, um, and he's so loud on the ref mic. Like, I say it nearly every week at this stage, but you nearly have to take out the earphones because his, his kind of uh, shrill cries are coming out, uh, out so strongly. But I do think that question about Jonathan Davies is, is, is a really good one. He has been excellent again this series. Um, a player, I'll admit it, maybe before the last Lions tour, I had a few doubts about how how um, creative he could be, how his passing game will come along, but he's, he's just improved year on year. He always makes good decisions. He's got a big left foot for, for the kicking option uh, to kind of get a bit of balance in the back line. Um, and he's a really composed uh, individual. He spoke really well about, about everything there afterwards, and he seems quite confident heading into that, that third test. He's been absolutely outstanding again, and I think that 10, 12, 13, as well as Connor Murray inside them, was really, really strong. Yeah, today. of course, Murray's second try against the All Blacks within the same... Um, calendar year within the same 12-month period as well. Uh, we mentioned uh, Gatland at the press conference and what he was saying. What was the reaction from Steve Hansen? Certainly on Sky Sports where we were watching it, he seemed reasonably gracious actually and maybe surprisingly so, bar his sort of uh, unwillingness to accept that Sonny Bill Williams, well it wasn't that he didn't accept that it was a red card but he just refused to comment either way. He just said the red card was a red card, let's move on. 
he wasn't certain if it had actually warranted a red card. Didn't seem to care. Yeah, I mean, he, he spoke a little bit more about that in the, in the press conference afterwards. And I think he was quite accepting that it was a red. He said, you know, during the week, actually, he was talking about let's let the referees, match officials, TMOs make decisions on the pitch and let's not kind of bitch and moan about them afterwards. Um, and I don't think he really did. He, he, he knew there was contact with the head there, with a the shoulder. And I think he's probably expecting a, a bit of a suspension as well. Um, he, was, he was gracious. Yeah, he was gracious. I mean, it's, it's absolutely killing him inside. Gallon's got one over on him. Um, and for all they say about having a beer afterwards, there is still a nice little rivalry there. Um, but I think they, they accepted the, the defeat rather graciously and they understood that when the Lions do bring that physical edge, um, it evens things out. I think they'll be hoping for better conditions in Eden Park next time out, definitely, because we didn't quite see their counter-attacking and, and their kind of handling skills uh, really come out in that game at all. Um, I think he'll be, um, he'll be putting a bit more experience into that back line if he can. It was a little bit callow at times, obviously quite inexperienced with Laumapi coming on, who did actually carry the ball particularly well and probably brought about some of those penalty scenarios for, for the Lions. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a dip from the All Blacks for yeah, sure. Yeah, big time. I mean, I think it was Stuart Farmer, the statistician, tweeted that the last time the All Blacks didn't score and lost at home in the same game was going back as far as 1998 against South Africa, you know. So it's that kind of, I think, puts into context what the Lions achieved today, albeit against 14 men. Um, if we're looking ahead to the third test, uh, Dan Murray, like we mentioned, there mightn't be too many changes. But I guess now, because the All Blacks lost today, it's almost like the impetus is on them to make changes and adapt to what the Lions are trying to do, as opposed to vice versa, as it would have been last weekend. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's Hansen's style. I think he'll, he'll back pretty much that whole team if he can. Um, Obviously, it's a, it was a huge blow for them losing Ben Smith, a really key leader. And you remember, like, Dane Coles isn't, isn't here. He's one of the big leaders in the group as well. And they maybe lacked a little bit of that at times, you know, when Bowen Barrett was missing those penalties, uh, when they were actually on top of the lines despite having a one-man less. And, and even when Vunapola went off, they didn't really uh, keep that foot on the throat like they did in the first test. So that's maybe a slight concern. But, no, I don't think he's going to be – I don't think Hansen is going to be um, – uh, like changing his team massively or, or dropping guys uh, for one like dip in their performance. They did lots of good things tonight. They they played a lot of smart rugby and and they got ahead of lines and with a, with a couple of those kicks having gone over the, the three misses, they they probably would have got the job done. And um, so I don't I don't think he's going to be mixing things up too much. Probably a, a change in midfield, um, and that may be a concern starting Lamapi uh, potentially in, in his second test, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't think either coach will have massive changes to their, to their Yeah, I mean, apart from um, maybe Jack McGrath coming in, you, you don't really see Gatlin changing it too much, at least in the starting lineup. Uh, I have a question here from Dave O'Reardon. Cheers, Dave. He, he asks, like, Peter Romani at least on the bench next week. I suppose it's probably the bench where we might see a few shakeups. Yeah, it was interesting to, to, to note the, the use of the bench. Like, before the guys didn't get on, you know, CJ Sander, who we expected to have a big kind of physical ball-carrying impact, didn't get on. And I thought that was actually good coaching by Gatland. You know, he, he let those guys who were in the middle of that kind of turmoil of giving away so many, so many penalties but had showed a bit of grit to, to get back in there. He let them stay on and, and finish out the game. Someone like Conor Murray when you might have said Reese Webb kind of had a bit of tempo. So I thought I thought it was good coaching from Gatland in that regard. There may be changes on the bench, but I, again, I can see why he had CJ Sander on the bench ahead of Peter O'Mahony. He does provide a, a big ball-carrying, kind of energetic boost. Um, I think Peter might miss out again on, on, on that third test. Um, like the guys who came on did well, and if you haven't come off the bench, you haven't really played yourself off the bench either. So um, I think we'll see relatively settled teams. You mentioned Jack McGrath coming in. I think that would be a, a good call, certainly, for the, 
for the loose heads. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we let you go, Murray, because I know it's fairly windy there, you might actually be swept away if we're not careful. But uh, I know Andy McGeady of, of Irish Times fame said he was looking forward to your GIF analysis of, of the match, uh, to which Stephen Kavanagh replied, um, if you were to do a GIF analysis of the Lions penalty count today, our servers here might actually crash. So maybe uh, beware of that one. Um, uh, the comments have been flying in, a lot of people calling for um, Ian Henderson's inclusion as well in the uh, matchday squad. That probably again looks fairly unlikely because I thought Courtney Laws actually was, was superb when he came on today. Yeah, he did well and, and the two starting second rows probably kept, um, did enough to, to keep their, their places. Certainly Mario Toji just cut out those penalties um, and he's an unbelievable force. Like it, It's amazing watching him in the flesh as a 22-year-old. You mentioned just before he came on, he could potentially, potentially captain the Lions under down and he's that young. Um, he's also the owner of the best chant of this tour as well, which is an absolute honour. Uh, incredible Mario Toje's bringing it around the stadium today. And the atmosphere was actually, we should mention, that it was, it was absolutely sensational. And there was so much chat about, you know, where's the future of the Lions. I thought the whole occasion just showed how special this is and how unique it is in rugby. You know, other sports don't have this. Um, you know, all these Scots and Irish, well, not too many Scots, <laughs> Irish, Welsh and English together in the stands. You know, like English boys singing Van Roy outside and uh, incredible costumes and uh, amazing noise. Uh, and the Kiwis were buying into that as well. It was, it was, it was an unbelievable occasion, really privileged to be here. And um, I think tonight kind of showed why this uh, concept and brand is definitely going to live on into the future. It's, it's absolutely huge. Um, uh, and I think an exciting game uh, beckons next weekend. It could be one of the great, great test matches of them all, really. It's, it's poised up. Poised kind of set up to be exactly that. Fantastic. Looking forward to it now, I have to say. Uh, but Murray, cheers as always. Thanks for your time. Enjoy your week and, and, and uh, safe travels on route to Eden Park. You've uh, no midweek game to distract you this week, so I'm sure you, you can enjoy it even more. Uh, but that is all we've got time for on the rugby show on the 42.ie. Thanks very much for your comments, by the way. Some great ones. Um, we will be back, uh, possibly ahead of that uh, final test, but certainly afterwards. Uh, looking forward to it. Best of luck to the Lions and uh, to everybody else. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your week.